Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hi. And Brody. Hello. Hey, Brody, you've reviewed a couple of games this week. Uh, what did you review again? Uh, I reviewed a game called Fee, which is uh, one, one of the uh, the new EA Originals games. So um, obviously they did Unravel, uh, is it, what was it called, Unraveled? Oh, Unravel. Oh. Just Unravel. Unravel, so th- okay. Yeah, so they did that first. That was their first EA Originals game, and this is their yeah. second one, uh-huh. which um, I don't know how to really explain it. I mean, I, I did review it, and it's already sort of fallen out of my mind, so that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> but um, it was sort of just like this weird, cutesy... Uh, it sort of reminded me of Journey a little bit, like in just uh-huh. that it's sort of like a... It plops you into this world, and you just got to sort of get through. It's like just an adventure game, basically, but it doesn't hold your hand at all. Right. Um, and you play like this little, uh, this little woodland critter, and basically the whole idea of the game is to just work your way through the forest and uh, sort of communicate and sing with the uh, the other animals and learn their languages and stuff like that. And it's it's got like okay. this uh, sort of obvious uh, message of sort of. Um, oh, like restoration and stuff like that. Uh, like obviously to do with like the environment and all that sort of business. So yeah, that's interesting because I think Unravel had a similar sort of theme to it as well. No, I, I, I never I, played Unravel, but um, I didn't. I didn't realize it was actually made by the same people. So that's no, kind no, of no. scale over my head because um, not, not made not by made. the same people. Okay, just but it's just an EA another same. another EA original sort of yeah kind correct, of concept. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So I I reviewed Unravel back in the day. And, oh yeah. Uh, and kind of enjoyed that. It just didn't like. Uh, there was just nothing that really kind of stood out, and I think kind of gameplay wise. Yeah, I mean, um, this game's really pretty and everything uh-huh. like that. And like, despite a few like frustrations I had with some of the controls, um, it like handled really well. Uh, and like, I found the world like the the world was seamless, which I, I thought was pretty impressive considering, like it wasn't huge, but it was big enough. Mm-hmm. So um, but aside from those sort of things, I sort of it it is a bit forgettable. Like I sort of. I'm I'm done with it. Like I probably won't ever revisit it. Whereas something like Journey, I probably yeah. I I could go back and play that. Okay. But um, I mean for what it is, you're getting good bang for buck too, because it's like it's long enough. Uh-huh. Like it's probably like a six-hour game or something like that. So that's probably par for the course these days. Right. But um, I was probably more enamored with the other game that I reviewed, which was uh Florence. Florence. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, saw, I think I saw you tweeting about this, or I saw someone. Wasn't you? Was it James? There was definitely people getting excited about this. Definitely it was, was not even. me. <laughs> I've only you. heard okay. about it when the review went up. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. It was this kind of thing that, like, when that review embargo lifted, I just kind of like it was all over my my Twitter feed. Clearly, you had a lot of people excited, including yourself, Brody. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's like uh, I feel silly even calling it a game because it's not really. It's just like a. It's literally a visual novel, basically. But um. Right. It's made. It's made in Melbourne. Actually, it was developed by Mountains. Oh. I believe they're called. Okay. Um, it was like led by the dude who did like Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just about a girl named Florence who, it sort of just follows her from say I think she's in her mid twenties and it follows her through probably a year and a half of her life where she meets meets a man and falls in love and uh, and they sort of help each other like. Uh, start to follow their dreams and stuff like that. And it's, it's all very like sort of slice of life coming of age sort of thing. And it's, I don't know, I guess as a millennial, it sort of resonated with me a bit. 
Okay, all right. And um, like it sounds it, emotional. Is that emotional? Yeah, yeah. I, I say it probably is. Like I, I was um, my missus was around the other day, and um, I I thought oh oh she she's not really a gamer or anything like that. She uh-huh. the only thing that she's ever done related to gaming was like she played like medieval on her PlayStation, which okay. she still has and is pretty much the only game she plays. Right. So I thought so oh, she's a much I'll... of a gamer Shannon it is then pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I thought I'll try and show her this and see what she thinks and we pretty much it, it, it's only about 40 minutes long. And like we just played like the whole thing in bed and Okay. And she <laughs> when when it finished the credits rolled and it's sort of one of those endings where it's it's more realistic than it is sort of like Hollywood. Like sure. they don't they don't end up together and like Whoa, like, spoilers. No. It's a five dollar game that <laughs> has probably no traction in anywhere, but it should. But mm. so yeah, that's what happens. But like you know, things work out for her because her dreams get realized and all that sort of stuff. And okay, yeah, yeah. My partner was just like, "Well, that's depressing," and I'm like, "No, it's realistic. That's what happens." It kind of, I mean, I'm gonna spoil La La Land here. Yeah, that's as well. Uh, but it kind uh, of reminds me of like it sounds like La La Land. Yeah, that's exactly like the comparison I, I drew in like the review. Right, okay. Like, it reminded me a lot of that. So, yeah, I guess it was probably just... I don't know. It was just, like, parts of the story that just resonated with me for some reason, and I just, you know, I just... Yeah. Hopefully and I did people love, play it. I did love La La Land. Did so you did love I. La La Land, James? I have not seen La La Land. Oh, oh sorry. I got uh, it, watch, man. Watch yeah, La La everybody... I feel like everybody that I know has seen it, except me. So, I don't it know. Is, it doesn't strike it well me as a movie it. that I would enjoy, but... I get that, but then like, I have you kind a weird... of have to be into musicals a little bit. Like, yeah, but, I, but then I have this really like... weird soft spot for Moulin Rouge, so like... Oh, Moulin Rouge is good too, though. Yeah, I like, you, I, I don't I, know. I think you'd probably like La La Land then. Mm. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you you do uh, really like Ethan Carter, though. I saw you tweeting about that in the week. I do. So much. This is the second time that I'm playing it. Um, yeah. Mainly because I'm a bit of an, still a bit of an achievement whore, but... Um, it came out on Xbox, I think, about two weeks ago or a week ago, and uh-huh. it's got all the bells and whistles for Xbox One X, so I thought, why not give my $650 console a run? Um, mm. And yeah, like it's just a... It is a walking simulator, I guess. Um, I think a lot of people probably get it confused a bit with Edith Finch, um, just because they're both na- ah. n- names that start with E. Um, and... <laughs> It's and and they have like titles at the start, like the secret vanishing of and what remains of. Yeah, and even yeah, even it's like, what remains of Edith Finch and the vanishing of Ethan Carter, right? I've yeah. got that right in my mind. Yeah, yep. maybe there'll be a crossover okay. one day. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, even Shannon was like, "Is that the one with the family?" And I was like, "They're both about families, so <laughs> it's one's more." Um, yeah, so this is like it's about uh, you're like an investigator who goes to this weird little town. And you've uh-huh. got to discover what happened to Ethan Carter. And as you investigate more, obviously, I won't ruin it. I'm like Brody with his Sorry, games. Brody. Sorry, because I, I do want to play this game. I yeah. No, um, <laughs> and you, it, it's kind of, pla- it's like short vi- vignettes. So, like, you'll do you'll solve one murder and then it'll play out and you'll see how it works. And then you'll move on to the next one. And some of them are more realistic and some are more, like, st- stories from Ethan's mind. Um, okay. So they've so there's a bit of weird kind of out there stuff that happens as well, but it's only I think it's only about three to four hours. I would say I do. Sounds it. like my kind of game. Yeah, that's um, probably all you want from a walking simulator, though. Like Gone Home is not long, and like Dear yeah. is it Dear Esther? Like that's uh, not long either. Dear like, Esther really... is like the most boring game correct ever made. This is correct. <laughs> um, but 
<laughs> but you know they're, they're they're short as they should. Yeah, be. Um, Ethan Carter. It's the thing about Ethan Carter is the first time you play it, I think a lot of people that I've kind of forced to play it have been like, "Oh, it's pretty scary or creepy," and they've been really Ooh. reluctant to keep playing. Um, but because it's Ooh. it is literally there's only one part in the whole game I think where you can die. Um, I've never done it myself, but I think you can die in one point. So I'm too good. But it's got this kind of just the way it's designed and the way the world is built. It just kind of creates this constant sense of tension. You just think you're going to find something horrible all the time. Mm. <laughs> and mm. to- that's what that sounds like. Gone home to me, and that's part of the reason I loved Gone Home is like the way it sort of subverts expectations, and you it kind of sets itself up to be this horror game, like being in an abandoned house late at night with a thunderstorm outside. Uh, and but it's only not. like one sort of scripted moment, but it, but it's not, of course, yeah. So this is the same. Yeah, I would. I mean, oh, this is still. This can get a bit like culty and stuff. It's a bit, you know. There's still definitely oh, okay. more adult themes, but um, sure, it doesn't really get too scary. I don't think. I don't know. I feel like I've been desensitized to all this stuff, so I don't like saying it's not scary. And then someone plays it, and can't. I was going to say you do tend to review a fair few horror games. Yeah, so. but um, <laughs> it's just. I don't know, like, when you're walking through this world, like, you come up to a house and it's really, really run down and there's just, like, nothing actually happens in this house, but mm-hmm. there's just, you can just walking through it and seeing all the bits and pieces everywhere. It just tells such a great story without doing anything, if that makes okay. sense. Um, uh-huh. Just a real, like, there's, when you go, there's, there's a graveyard and a church and, like, it's just the statues and stuff. It's just, you look at this stuff and it's very striking and almost I think eerie is the word I'm looking for if that okay. makes sense alright um, I'm gonna have to check this out I've so, been um, sorry Brody what's no, I was gonna say you, you said it came out on Xbox but has it come out on the Australian store yet no it hasn't so yeah, have to right. be a bit magic or well, it is on the Playstation store now too um, okay. but I think the X version is 60 frames and up to 4K I'm pretty sure um, mm, which is nice. probably the better I, I, no, I have noticed like I took a screenshot of a section I took a screenshot on the PS4 back in the day, and there's definitely a like, crisper, clearer image, for sure. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, I, I really like it. It's an interesting story. Um, it's a little bit sad. Um, I don't think it's as, like, profound as Edith Finch. Like, have you guys played Edith Finch? No. I've not, no. Oh, I'm not sure I've too. got it downloaded on my PlayStation right. waiting to play, but not got right it on my There's Xbox, a lot of yeah. scenes in Edith Finch that I think people will talk about for a long time with games. Um mm. People who have played it will know about, say, the scene in the bathtub or the scene at the fish cannery. They're both very um, intense moments and they're very okay. profound. And that's and that's because I think that they can be applied to a lot of people's situations in real life. Whereas right. Ethan Carter tells its own story within its own world. Like, I don't see a lot of what happens in Ethan Carter kind of, like, what's the word? Appealing or um, like people identifying with what's world. going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Still, it's not fan- quite so personal. Fantastic game, though. Okay, all right. Th- um, these are two I'm gonna have to check out because you know, I'm sort of like a sucker for like Firewatch and Gone Home. Like those are two of my favorite games of all time, and I feel like those kind of very much fall into the same sort of category. And I'm ones I'm yet to get around to. I don't, I've not played DRSD yet either, but it don't. sounds like you guys are less keen on that one. Yeah, just go to sleep you, for three unless- hours, and the experience <laughs> is the same. <laughs> like, like, like it's a game that can be beat in like twenty minutes. Right. But but you'll just wander like and like pointlessly though. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, yeah. why am I doing what I'm doing? That doesn't sound so good. No. 
whilst this has sort of become like a what have you been playing sort of recently segment, um, I've recently uh, become a proud owner of a Nintendo Switch, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and on that, I've been playing Rhyme, um, which I think is actually free for PlayStation Plus owners at the moment. Um, but I've really been enjoying Rhyme. I think it's quite good. Rhyme I don't know is, you guys... Yeah, I, I reviewed Rhyme. Rhyme is fantastic. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm not I'm not wrong in in that it's right. That's a uh, sorry, I'm not wrong in that it's it's really good. Like Well, I, I liked it personally. Okay. I feel like it's trying to be journey maybe a little bit too yeah. much. Um, yeah, it does do that. But I love that it's kind of it's there's never like a tutorial. It really just kind of throws you into the world with very little mm. context as like why you're there, what's going on, or teaching any of the game's mechanics. But it's just so well designed, like it's so intuitive and like you just kinda of follow that little fox around and he sort of acts as the waypoint. Yeah. Um it's got a nice soundtrack too. Yeah, the soundtrack's beautiful. Um and it uh it just, yeah, it just kind of like points you in the right direction just really quite cleverly and allows you to figure out the puzzles and explore the world at your own pace, which I really like. When you finish um, it, do come to me because okay. Sh- Shannon finished it and he didn't like the ending. Oh, okay. Ooh. So I'm curious to hear what you think. Yeah, I think I've just finished the segment where you like uh, start activating all the robots and stuff and I've just gotten to like some stormy sort of island. So I reckon I'm a good way through it. Uh, yeah, I think you're pretty close, actually. Yeah, I think you're pretty close. Okay, all right. Um, I just wish it ran a little better on the Switch. But anyhow, we're going to be talking about the Switch uh, some more today. Uh, there's some news about coming out about that, um, about Payday 2 uh, getting a bit short-changed on it. Uh, there's Burnout Paradise Remaster as well. There's news about that. Uh, and we're going to discuss Xbox a little bit too today. So a bit of a diverse cast, um, albeit maybe a short one. We've had a nice little chat there. Uh, but let's start with Super <laughs> Smash Bros. coming on the Switch. Uh, longtime Nintendo insider Emily Rogers has stated on recent era that Super Smash Bros. will be released on the Nintendo Switch later this year with existing uh, Wii U slash 3DS content as well, uh, receiving brand... Hang on, am I I'm reading this all wrong? Will be released on Nintendo Switch later this year with existing Wii content... I can't even read my own script. I'll get, I'll get to that. I don't know if that's new content that coming across <laughs> from the Wii U 3DS or if that's new Wii U 3DS. Surely that's it. The Wii U 3DS content is coming across to the Switch and not new <laughs> content for the Wii U or the 3DS. Got me, I'll babe. get back to that. Anyhow, uh, what are you guys hoping for for Super Smash Bros. on the on the Switch? Uh, James, I, I forget. Do you have a Switch or not? Are you kidding? I'm assuming you've got must. everything. Oh, yeah, of course you do. You were talking about Bayonetta, like, yeah. all week as well. Oh, what? Anyway. James has everything. <laughs> yes, I have a Switch. Uh-huh. What do you want Switch. from Super Smash Bros. on it? I think, I don't know. I, I, I want Smash Bros. already. Like, it's kind of that game that I feel uh-huh. like a lot of my friends are like, oh, I'll wait till that comes out, and then I'll get a Switch. Um, and I'm just yeah. like, well, buy one now so you can play with me. But um, it's... Like, I think they kind of need to... St- I-, I feel like Nintendo should step away from the whole let's try and make it tournament-ready and stuff and just put a game out, keep adding shit to it throughout the generation and leave it... Like, become make a bit like a service kind of thing, not, a- yeah. not just a game. Um, I feel like Smash Bros. would really benefit from that. Um, a lot of timely characters could be added to promote other games. Um, yeah. I think the most exciting thing for me is... If this isn't going to be on 3DS, a lot of characters in the in the latest version of Smash Bros. were actually left out because they couldn't get them working on 3DS because they were both meant to be, um, you know, the same content. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? 
Yeah, to to clarify that point that I couldn't I couldn't read. Sure. Um it was that they've added brand new content and reworked some of the existing Wii U 3DS content. Yeah. So it, it sounds like it's going to be sort of a mix of what's already sort of existed on the Wii U and 3DS platforms and some new sort of stuff as well. I think yeah, there's got to be a lot of new stuff. Um I still like people who bought the Wii U and bought a Switch are probably a little bit over. By the time May hits, a lot of games that have come out will have already been played by a lot of Wii U people. Um, mm. But then, like like we've spoken about before, I think on the flip side, not many people bought a Wii U. So numbers-wise, it makes more sense to put them on Switch. Um, sure. I, I totally agree as well, though. I think it would, it would benefit so much from becoming a service. Like, the way that we've sort of seen Rocket League, for instance, really sort of develop from being a pretty sort of basic, sort of simple game at first to really sort of becoming this ever-evolving platform, I suppose. I think this would, would really benefit from, uh, from this. Um, uh, how else do you think it might benefit from being on the Switch, though, Brody? Can you see them sort of working in anything with, I don't know, motion controls or anything that's going benefit-wise from the, the portability? Um, yeah, you you probably get something like motion controls, I'd imagine, something that incorporates that in, but honestly, uh, I'm out of my depth here because I've never played a Smash Brothers game in my You've life. Never Who played are a you? Smash Bros game? N- never. What? No, like, you avoided that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I have no friends. <laughs> as in, like, you've never owned one, or you've never actually physically like sat down and played. I, I no. Well, I owned one on okay. on Wii, right? Maybe, uh, but like, I never played it. Like, I don't know. It's just something about Super Smash Brothers as a concept that just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm gonna buy lo- some plane tickets and change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, if it, like, I wasn't a huge um switch fan in the first place until we did like a podcast like uh in person uh-huh. and uh, and then we sat around for like the rest of the night like playing arms and then we played like mario kart and stuff and i was like hmm i yeah. could get behind this so maybe it's just something that i sort of do need to sit down and play with a few friends or something like that but i don't know i mean i played there's like a cartoon network ripoff of um yeah Smash <laughs> yeah called, like, oh called like punch time explosion or whatever it is yeah and like, admittedly, that was a bit of fun. So, I mean... And that's rubbish. So, you're going to love Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I might do. But, um, At, yeah. I don't know. I, I just... I had it on the Wii. That was, like, the first one that I had. And I remember it just didn't grab me. Uh, I, did, I didn't, like... I had a Wii U briefly. And, like, I just... You know, so I, I didn't have it there either. So, I, I think I'm... I, I always hear that, um like, the 64 one was, like, really good. Mm. I don't know if it was the best one. No. But, um... Uh. It's a bit contentious, but yeah, I um, mean, like they're all good. Horses, I, th- horses I think if you went back to sixty-four, no one would play it still. But no, well, that's just like people saying Goldeneye is still good. Yeah. This is not true. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a go, but like, ever, I, I can't really tell you what I want from it. I guess sure. because. I have no expectations. Yeah, and I'm not like I'm not a pro like Super Smash Bros. player. I'm very sort of casual with it. Like I sort of when mates are around and we had we'd have the Wii on, it, we would sort of cycle between Super Smash Bros. and Mario Kart. Basically, um, I feel like there's a lot of Nintendo owners that sort of do a similar sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so, so I don't quite like get the nuances of all the combat and whatnot. Um, mm. But I still have an appreciation for it, and I think it would be right at home with the Switch. Like I, I, I see a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you guys know the Smith Street Band, but I follow them on Instagram, and they're sort of touring <laughs> Europe at the moment. Uh, and they've been having like a bunch of uh, um, Mario Kart sort of races uh, on their tour. Like the, each of the band members has their own Switch, and they all sort of sit around and play that like after a set or whatever. Uh, and cool. I think like Super Smash Bros. would would work quite well in a similar sort of setting. Um, and I'm, you know, that's sort of 
of existed on platforms. So that's nothing like particularly groundbreaking. Um, I think what would be like the great change here is them like, yeah, shift to that sort of that service base and like just I hope this comes out and it's just called Super Smash Bros. and it becomes sort of like an evolving evolving sort of ecosystem. I reckon September. September? That's, that's your call. My, that's my big boring safe prediction online so we're not gonna see anything till e3 then yeah you think i reckon yeah. hang on. i reckon hang on. you know have they all come out in september no no that's not why no. i just think on nintendo switch online launches in september you need mm. a kind of flagship game for that yeah. what better game than smash bros that's there a pretty no safe better. bet i reckon it is that's it's a pretty boring prediction but i want to make How it so crazy would it be though if both like pokemon and super smash bros hit this year a year after we got like Mario Odyssey, Zelda, Mario Kart as well. That would be, be yeah. What a start knowledge. for the Switch that would be. That is, and that's highly likely. I reckon. Damn, that's getting me all excited. I'm maybe <laughs> it's just I'm a proud Switch owner now. Maybe I don't reckon it. Pokemon's happening. But I would think that would be amazing, but we'll see. You don't think it's coming out this year? Nah. I reckon it's. I, I don't it's feel a good it. Chance. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's all right. Shoot James down is the cold on that right. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, on the topic of the Nintendo Switch, uh, it's been announced uh, just today, I think, or in the last 24 hours some point. That's today. Anyhow, uh, in a statement provided to Polygon, Payday's publisher Starbreeze have revealed the version of the game soon to be released on the Switch will be nearly a year old and lagging behind updates the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, which themselves lag behind the PC version, have since received. Uh, it will, however, receive future updates, uh, assume, presumably to uh, narrow that divide a bit. Uh, Brody, do you think this is acceptable, that a game is coming out that's kind of a year old? Like, well... It's version, I should say, I said the old. updates are a year old. The game is beyond that. Like, Yeah. Um, it's about five years it, old, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's sort of... Like, why do you bother? Like, yeah. why would you play... Uh, obviously, aside from the portability, like, why would you play an inferior version of a game? Like, I just... No one will. No one in their right mind would, I wouldn't think. Yeah, surely anyone that kind of cares about Payday has already played it at this point and doesn't want to play yeah. an older version of it on a Switch. And, like, I'd have a really bad feeling that the the game just wouldn't perform very well on the Switch for some reason. Yeah. Do you, James, do you think that, like, the Switch's power is, is an issue? Like, do you think... Uh, we've kind of discussed this in the past, but are there just some experiences that aren't meant to be on the Switch? Um, no, not really. Um... Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I Payday 2, to me, if I was that... I think it's Starbreeze. If I was Starbreeze, I'd be like, okay, this is a game we've got. It's literally, what, five years old? Um, everybody still kind of play. Not everybody, but it's still got a pretty strong online player base. Um, mm -hmm. Like, why not chuck it on the Switch? It's not going to cost as much to put it on there. Um, I think, officially, it's about nine months behind in terms of updates. Sure. Um it does apparently perform not the best. <laughs> it can get pretty mm. sluggish. Um, I think it's a bit weird. I, I, I think, like, to go back to your question, um, it's, like, I think they have to kind of be a bit smarter about this kind of stuff. This is a game where it lives or dies based on who you've got to play it with. And yeah. to bring out this game, this is literally five years old, running on an engine that's even older than that, priced mm. at ninety nine ninety five. Yeah. Um they're not really making it easy to pick that version over, say, you know, the, what, I think you can get Payday on Xbox One on PS4 now for $50 or less, and that's got more mm. content and performs better than the Switch version. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I suppose I sort of gave away my own sort of feelings with my line of questioning there. Yeah, um, but no. I just like I see I see the switch as sort of like serving such a particular purpose, and I think it works so well for kind of Zelda and Mario Odyssey, which are like obviously the sort of tentpole. Um, these sort of tentpole is that it? flagship Nintendo um, uh, properties uh, that they've sort of just sort of really sort of made like they're so at home on this on the Switch like they're obviously very like purpose built for it um, down to sort of the art style that they use down to I know it's just it just feels right at home there whereas like something like Doom for instance has come across the Switch whilst I I've not played that I just can't see myself playing that on the Switch or wanting to play that on the Switch so that to me is such a you know like high fidelity 60 fps sort of game and something think, that requires a, with, a meteor controller in hand I I I agree you know disagree like I think Doom Doom is kind of proof that that can work. Like I've played it on both. Um, yeah, obviously there and is, I've heard that it does. There is a gap, obviously, between thirty to sixty frames, like quite a sizable uh-huh. gap. But I think Doom really works well, and I think Wolfenstein will work really well as well because of that. Mm. Um, I think it just depends on the the developer and how much effort they're going to make put in to optimize it for that platform. Um, Doom's mm. really lucky because it's got that single-player and multiplayer component, so people who buy it um, can play the single-player, even if nobody's playing multiplayer. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Payday, it's mm. kind of, that's it. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, I just think that... And I don't know, maybe it, Everyone's kind of different and wants different things. I get that. But, like, for instance, I'd, I would love to play FIFA on the Switch because I love the idea of sort of playing, like, a short sort of 10-minute match on a bus trip or whatever. Whereas I don't really see myself kind of sit in front of a TV and, and doing that unless I've kind of got mates around and we're playing multiplayer, I guess. Um, but I can see myself kind of going through, like, tournaments and whatnot on a Switch kind of over the course of weeks and stuff as I'm commuting about. Um yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of in the wrong sort of headspace about like what the Switch is, what I've sort of segmented the Switch for in my mind, in my life, and how other people are sort of using it as well. There's a bit of a discrepancy there. Um, anyhow, uh, that's enough Switch talk for one week. We'll obviously be coming. The Switch is always coming up on podcasts, and as I play more of it, I'm sure I'm going to want to talk about it more as well. Uh, something else I'm pretty excited for, though, is Burnout Paradise getting a remaster. It's coming, finally been announced, it's finally been made official, it's coming out March 16th, and it's going to include a bunch of DLC. Uh, Brody, I'm right in thinking you're pretty excited for Burnout Paradise too, right? No, you're not. Oh, right. you're not? I'm not, right? No. Oh, damn. Didn't we just talk about this before yeah, the show? <laughs> I told you before, man, it's the wrong Burnout. I thought we'd establish my memory's terrible. Uh, what is it you want then, Brody? I want Burnout 3. I want Burnout 3 Takedown. Uh, That's the consummate Burnout game. Oh, the be- yeah. The best arcade Isn't racing the game. Cross-gen uh, one? The PS2 one, made. right? Oh. Which one? It was on. It was cross-gen, wasn't it? Back in the day. Um, I don't think so. Oh, maybe I I'm remember wrong. playing on PS2. Is that, no, is that... I think it was only uh, sort of Xbox, PlayStation 2. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was a really good one, though. Yeah, and it had, like, party crash mode and, uh-huh. like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, there were aspects of that to Burnout Paradise, though. Burnout Revenge. That's my bad. Yeah, that's the one. That was not good. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, so okay, uh, all right. I thought I thought you might have said you would prefer a new Burnout game, which I, I would love a new Burnout game. I'm not hugely enthralled with what they've been doing with uh, the Need for Speed property. I'd love something don't, that's... Don't get me wrong. I would take a new Burnout game, but... If they're in the business of remastering games that they've already got, <laughs> then Paradise is not the one I want. Okay, so what what in your mind then? What makes 
Paradise less than Takedown. Why? I don't know. I I don't know. It's I think it's just it's, a nostalgic attachment you have to the Takedown. Yeah, is it? It, that is pretty much entirely it. But <laughs> I think also there's something about racing games with an open world. It just doesn't work for me. Oh really? Like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people liked sort of when the Need for Speed series went that way, and then a lot of people like Forza Horizon and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just don't think it suited Burnout. Mm. And admit, admittedly, the, the the map in Burnout Paradise is pretty great. How it like sort of it caters for like sort of everything. So like you you won't go down a stretch of road without having an opportunity to like bash through a barrier or you know like do a a huge jump or something like that. Don't get me wrong, I played Burnout Paradise a fair bit only because mm. I was sort of attached to the series. But I don't know. I think, and I, I know I'm not alone in in thinking that Burnout 3 is better because I know like the internet's just it, been it is a really this. great game they've it just is. been echoing this like since this has been announced uh-huh. um, so to the point where you know I'm beating a dead horse basically but I don't know I mean I don't even think Burnout 3 is like backwards compatible I mean I, I would take that at this point yeah like just make that backwards compatible I'll also like release I'll it like the other PST way. classic on, on yeah PS4 I'll, I'll look, I'll, and then I'll look the other way and I'll just you know I'll deal with it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't quite have the same attachment with Burnout Takedown. I remember, I'm, I'm starting to show my younger age here, but um, I remember a friend of mine had Takedown, but I, I never owned it myself. Um, but I used to You're love playing young. it himself. But when the, when I was around at his, uh, but when the PS3 came out, I don't think it was soon that long after that Paradise came out, maybe like a year or two. Um, my brother and I picked that up and played so, so much Burnout Paradise. Um, and I'm, I'm not convinced that an open world racing game has been done as well since, um, I think it was just so well designed and so well suited, uh, and I couldn't be more excited for this remaster. Wow, um, I can't believe that. I just looked it up. I can't believe that Burnout Paradise is ten years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it came out in two thousand eight. Then yeah, in January. Is that right? Yeah. In January. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm hugely excited for this. Just I have a huge attachment to Paradise. Um, I was hoping that. Um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting. Uh, Need for Speed Rivals was the one that came out late last year, right? Right. Uh, payback. 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 Um, I was hoping Payback was going to be more like Burnout Paradise, and when I previewed it, it showed signs of being more like it. Um, I think it just kind of got way too bogged down in its kind of customization, um, system that it opted for. Um, but regardless, yeah, it's hugely excited for Burnout Remastered. But I'd love to see the Burnout Paradise. Oh, so Burnout franchise have like more significance today than it then it sadly does. It's sort of been quashed like, by... Like it, it blows my mind how Need for Speed is still a thing, but Burnout, for some reason, isn't. Because like, yeah. Burnout was always better. I just don't understand. I guess it's just a branding thing, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there were really good on Need for Speed games, too. Like, I was really loved uh, Underground, and Hopsuit 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I w- uh, I'll, I'll Carbon, I thought, was great I'll- as well. Um, okay, yeah, I wouldn't hear many people say that. I wouldn't think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, not carbon. I never hear that. But <laughs> no? I never hear that. Everybody, uh, all I seen tend to hear from people is Underground Two was the best one, and they haven't made a good one since. Yeah. Oh, okay. Much. I I'm really car- liked Carbon. I'm not a car person though. I remember Carbon. Like the uh-huh. problem, the thing is, everybody every year before one comes out, people are like, oh, it's going to be just going back to the roots, just like Underground 2, and then it comes out, and everyone's like, mm, it's not. <laughs> um, 
What whatever happened to the drag races in Need for Speed? They were the best. I really miss the drag races. I don't I don't know anything about cars, so yeah, oh. I I don't know enough either. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, sort of everybody about it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm sure someone out there knows what I mean. Come on, guys. I remember races. when the girl from Big Brother was in one of the um, games as like a track Which girl, girl? Big Brother, Crystal Force, Crystal someone. Oh yeah, remember? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You're talking about? Yeah, I feel the one that the one that was in FHM. Yeah, and Ralph and all that. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Well. Anyhow, join the conversation with hashtag the Starcast and let us know how, uh, how if you're excited for burnout and how wrong I am about Need for Speed Carbon, apparently. Uh, but let's discuss the final news for the day. Um, not so much news, actually. Brody, you wrote an article this week discussing some Xbox games worth looking out for this year. Um, you had quite a list there, but what sort of <laughs> Xbox games sort of stood out for you? I don't know if it was quite a list. I mean, there, there was, was like, a, there was a solid eight games. I feel like was, that's a good number of exclusives. Yeah, I mean, there was eight there, and as people pointed out to me quite kindly, uh, half of them probably aren't even coming out this year. Honestly, okay. I mean, all right. Well, this plays into my next question. But uh, uh, of what was uh, on the list, what are you yeah, excited go. for? Um, I mean, I'm perpetually excited for Below. Whenever it comes out, mm-hmm. I'm there because I like what Capybara do, and you know. Remind me what the premise of Below is again. It's basically well, I don't know. You, we don't really know a whole lot about it. I mean, it's it's it was announced like at like the first Xbox One E3, like uh-huh. so like, that was probably like five years ago now, and it's basically just like a really oh. pretty indie roguelike game. It's like it's like meant to have like a really difficult uh, like uh, combat, and it's gonna have like permadeath and stuff like that. And it's basically just like a top down sort of slasher game, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of like what, sort of like what Hyperlight Drifter ended up being, but I guess a bit darker. Uh-huh. So I'm there for that. Uh, I'm I'm down for Sea of Thieves. Yeah, and um, people have really think. come around on Sea of Thieves. I feel like since like the the like oh. the alphas and stuff have been yeah. Beta now I'm, I'm really losing track. Um, but people have been playing that recently and and had quite a fair few positive things to say about it. Yeah, and I mean it was a hit on t- on a. Twitch and, and everything like that, like it's it's been really popular so far. So, uh-huh. uh, and admittedly, I was one of the people who sort of was a bit hesitant about it at first. So I'm pretty keen to give that a go. I'm just trying to think of what else was on this list. I'm, I'm, I'm super super excited for State of Decay too. I loved the first State of Decay, and for them you know, to like, really be yes, yeah. committing to integrating multiplayer and co-op to it now, like that's just what that first game lacked. I think. Yeah, um, I never played. The, I never played the first one. So. Right. Okay. Assuming it um, runs a little better than I, I remember it being a bit sort of. Uh, oh no! Mind you, I'm trying to remember if I was playing it on PC or not. Maybe it was just my PC's fault. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I'd, I'm excited for Sated to keep written regardless. Crackdown 3 is coming out, but mm. I don't know if I can be too excited for that. Mm-hmm. Just because... Sorry, you, go on. You, well, you made the point that some of these are a bit sort of dubious as to whether or not they're coming out. Well, uh, I, th- I think Crackdown's pretty likely. Sea of Thieves is obviously pretty certain that's yeah. coming out in, in March. Yeah. Uh, State of Decay, I would have to think it's coming out, but then it sort of gets a bit cloudy after that i think the only other one that's like really likely is like the darwin project which is uh-huh. basically just another one of those um battle royale games right okay. um, but sort of but mixed with like survival sort of elements we're about to be hit by an influx of those games i think oh yeah Oof. um i think th- there's a few on the list that definitely aren't coming like fable 4 is rumored uh-huh. but um 
I don't think that'll make it this year. I think uh-huh. it's still, according to rumors, it's still pretty early in development. So yeah, any um, chance of a Halo game this year? Do you think, James? Mm, no, I think no. they've said they're okay. taking a break from it, aren't they? Like sort of, just to sort of get it right after Guardians. Three four three, you got to be doing something. I read some random leak that said they're working on some battle royale thing for Halo, which would be just oh, so no. bizarre. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. That was just a weird thing I read somewhere. I can't okay. even tell you where I read it. Um, yeah. You heard it here first. Someone bouncing around ideas on a Facebook page. Yeah. 343 <laughs> doing... <laughs> it wasn't social media. I know that much. So. Okay, right. Okay. Um, and, and sort of the only other one on the list that I'm looking at now is probably The Last Night that I'm sort of excited for, uh-huh. which is um sort of like a cyberpunky sort of platformer game. The one that had that really nice pixel art. Right. Sort okay. of everyone, everyone got into that trailer sort of when it dropped, but then... Apparently the dude making it turned out to be a bit of a gamergate dude. So, oh uh, that, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. this now. So yeah. that went a bit went a bit pear shaped at the time, but I assume oh people don't forget the internet doesn't forget. So whether that game will do as well as it probably should based on how good it looks is remains to be seen. But mm. I'm sort of curious about it. Mm. Um. So taking that into uh, into thought, then James. Um this sort of lineup of games, do you think we'll see much of a turnaround for Xbox this year? Uh, obviously, um, PlayStation's just like killing it in terms of market dominance at the moment and Switch's sort of sales look really sort of promising in its first couple of years too. Uh, I don't I don't quite know what the numbers are, but where they're at at the moment, but it looks pretty, pretty set to sort of challenge the Xbox One in terms of its numbers. I don't think um, the Xbox releases their numbers anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a boring sign, isn't it? Um, do you th- but anyhow, do you like? Do you think they've got enough sort of on the on the roster this year to sort of turn their turn their fortunes around and get people more excited about the Xbox brand? Definitely not. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. I don't know. What do you I, think they need then? What's, as, what's as, the missing, as an Xbox person? Link? I don't know. I I feel like I like I've always kind of preferred Xbox, but it's very hard to at the moment. Um, mm. I don't know. Crackdown doesn't excite me. Sea of Thieves, I think, will be amazing, but you've got to play it with the right group of people. State of Decay, as I've mentioned yeah. before, I'm over zombies. Um, I don't know. I think they've got some brands here that a lot of people will enjoy. Um, I just and I think they've really they have like I I don't think there's any doubt that they've nailed it with the hardware for Scorpio. I mean X, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they've just got to get cracking on the games. So you know the fables like. They're sitting on all those rare properties they could be bringing back. Like, nostalgia's never been bigger. And imagine if they put mm. out a proper Banjo-Kazooie or, like, a, uh, a Banjo. <laughs> like, the big rumour, I think, was is they're doing a Perfect Dark with Fable. And Fable is looking more likely, so hopefully Perfect Dark will happen too. Um, I think they just have to start using that IP they've got. Even Age of Empires. Like, why wasn't Definitive Edition on console? Like, I know yeah. mouse and keyboard, obviously, there's issues translating there but like if they can do oh. it for halo wars i'm sure they exactly, can do it yeah. for age of empires which is a brand that everybody has ridiculous amounts of nostalgia for um i just don't get it i don't understand how they can be sitting on all of these franchises and not really do much with them they just keep churning out forza fave forza halo and gears but i think they've mm. i feel like where there's steps in the right direction um but I feel like this is more just clearing out the shit from the last, from the bad times. Mm. Um, and then, because this is all stuff that was announced when the Xbox One was announced, more or less. Do you know what I mean? It's just stuff that yeah. they kind of, most of it. Um, 
and then I think that kind of paves the way for them to just, like, you know, put out some good, solid games that people loved, liked them for. Mm. Yeah, I it's 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 a weird one because I feel like Xbox makes so many good decisions. Like I love what they're doing with Game Pass and the sort of backwards compatibility sort of thing that they got involved with too. Uh, I think are great, but then you just don't see that sort of same ambition, I guess, sort of coming through in the in the quality of the games. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of hoping we do see a bit more sort of um bang for the buck i guess uh in terms of xbox um uh, there's still this tomb raider game that's kind of kicking around with i think if they were able to sort of like secure exclusives to that again that'd be really great um they sort of need something i think that sort of challenges that action adventure yeah, but then, like they have to not launch that... that on the same day as fallout 4 you know like i feel like tomb, yes. tomb raider would have been really great if they didn't put it underneath you know, Fallout, which was one of the most anticipated games of the year. Um, yeah. Hmm. I just don't get why Sony are the only ones, like, smart enough to, like, launch big games at the start of the year. Yeah. Like, I, feel like, I think, like, like Ubisoft you know, did. I think a lot of companies are, like, Capcom has... Um, I think a lot of companies... More are cluing into it, that's for sure. Yeah, EA yeah, I mean, just, Anthem, just, uh, like, I think it's happening more often like, now. Um, but I just, don't, I just don't get why Microsoft doesn't do it, unless it's just that they have so little... That they have to save what they do have for the holidays. I just don't know. I mean, they've obviously got Sea of Thieves coming out in March, but that's a new IP, so I guess, yeah. Mm. I think people. I think uh, publishers could afford to even sort of move earlier. Like I think, like kind of late January, early February. They tend to be kind of more like March, late February sort of release dates, but. I, I don't know. I sort of felt the itch to really pick up some stuff kind of a month after Christmas had sort of passed and and delve into some more new games. And they just kind of felt like there was a bit of lull. Um, I've wrote a, I've written a feature about it, which may or, I may or not share, um, about playing Far Cry 4 recently. Um, like that was just how much kind of lack of games I felt like I had to play or felt compl- compelled to play. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, that one. I think that we could uh, definitely afford to see some, some more games earlier in the year. Uh, and hopefully Xbox have something to show in that, that window in the future, huh? Anyhow, I think that's sort of brings us to an end of the uh, the news for the week. Uh, so let's wrap things up with a game of What the Wiki. Uh, if you don't know, What the Wiki is the Starcast's game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and you, the contestant, must guess the game. Uh, Brody shares an early lead with Matt at a point each, meaning James, you here have the opportunity to join them. Or Brody, you could take a bit more of a decisive lead. Uh, contestants, are you ready? Yeah. Cool. Uh, game number one. The game's Flickit control system began development long before any graphics had been implemented. The initial prototype simply read analog stick motions and displayed a basic text message saying what trick had been performed, along with speed and accuracy Brody? ratings. Brody. Is it Skate? It is Skate. It's the first Skate. <sighs> well done. <laughs> nice. Bonus points, not really, if you know why Skate was in the news <laughs> today. Well, you know, because it's rumoured... That uh, I think due to a retailer listing, yeah. That uh, oh, apparently Skate Four is coming, but um, you know, I think it's like a was it a Swedish website? Maybe. Uh, I'm just pulling the article up now. Yeah, I'm so Camilla did an article for us this evening. Yeah. And um, admittedly, yeah, I I don't, this has happened before though, and nothing's come of it, and I'm yeah. fairly sure like people from EA have outright like come out and said that. And I mean, Skate Four is not being worked on. And I mean, look at that box art. That is dog shit. 
<laughs> it's not particularly awe-inspiring, is it? No. Uh, it's a Swedish retailer, yeah. I mean, I I pray it happens one day because I'm a big fan of Skate. Yeah. But um, what was that game that came out? Oh no, there's like a there's a spiritual successor to Skate like coming out soon. I can't remember what it's is called. That? It's like Motion or something like that. Like, I don't know. That's I'm a cool a, name. I'm pulling that out of my ass. I think. But um, I'll I'll find out what that is. I'll let you know in a second. Okay. Well, you can do it after this. Uh, after you maybe win what the wiki if you get this <laughs> next one. Uh, pressures on James. Pressures on. The game is an action adventure stealth game played from a third person third person perspective. Players compete quests, linear scenarios with set objectives to progress through the story, earn experience points, and acquire new skills. So pretty much every game ever released at the moment. Uh, outside of quests, the player can free roamly free can freely roam. <laughs> Outside the quests, the player can freely roam the open world environment on foot, horseback, camelback, or boat to explore Brody? locations. Brody. Is it Assassin's Creed Origins? It is Assassin's Creed Origins. Brody, Jai, oh, you just you sight. just pick up those little keywords. So you're so on the ball, I can see it. Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, obviously in the news this week, uh, because um, there was a discovery mode released for it, which uh. I think is really, really cool. Um, it just kind of lets players, like, there's no combat, no violence, anything. Let's players just sort of, like, open, just like, a, like a explore. Just tour. Yeah, yeah, just sort of explore Egypt and kind of learn about it. Interesting sort of education applications there. Um, and uh, we found out uh, later today that uh, they've uh, censored any nudity from the statues of ancient Egypt, which I think is quite hilarious. Uh, but bravo, bravo, Brody! You've uh, taken the points there and kicked off uh, kicked off a lead. Uh, so that takes you to two points now, Matt, on one point, uh, and the rest of what the wiki's contestants to uh, to catch up. That spiritual successor to Skate I was talking about. Is oh yeah, Session. Session. Okay. It All was, right. It was a sorry, and it was in Kickstarter. So okay. I haven't actually. It, that, this was back in November. It was about to enter its uh, Kickstarter. I don't right. know if it actually got funded. Let me have a let me have a look. Okay, all right, that not- could be a shame. You can let us know. Uh, With that, let's bring an end to what was episode 130 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU and visit the site at PressStart.com.au. You can also join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. Let us know if you have any topic suggestions or anything you may want us to chat about. I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Joining us today was James... Yeah, you can find me on Twitter on at, at, at James, so it's A-T-J-A-M-Z. Keep up with everything James is playing over there. Brody, did the game get funded? It did get funded. It did get funded? Oh, okay. It did. Oh, yeah. There's something to look forward to. Uh, where yeah. can we find you on the social medias, Brody? You can probably find me anywhere if you look hard enough, but uh, <laughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter at Brody underscore DG. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us. Until next week, guys, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.